Hello there and welcome to Following the Truth. I'm Gary Zimak. Today is Monday, May the 24th. And it's great to be back with here with with you here. Let me get this right. You can tell I've had a day off, right? Um, it's great to be back here with you uh, to begin a new week of the program. Today, the church celebrates the memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, and this is a relatively new memorial, which was instituted by by Pope Francis um, th- yesterday, Pentecost Sunday. The church celebrated uh, the the birthday. We celebrated as a church the birthday of our church, and today we recognize Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, as the mother of Jesus, but also as the mother of the church because the body of Christ, the church, is I, I should say the church is the body of Christ. Therefore, Mary, as the mother of Jesus, is also the mother of the church. It, it's, it's a pretty important day. We're going to look at some of the readings for today's daily Mass, which are what they call proper to this, this memorial, meaning that they're specifically chosen for this memorial. So we're going to look at those. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about rejoicing as well, something that, uh, you know, it's Monday. It's Monday. I think it's a great day to talk about rejoicing because so many of us can fall into that 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 mindset of, oh, it's Monday, here we go again, drudgery, right? But no, Monday's a new beginning, every day's a new beginning, every day that the Lord gives us is a chance to rejoice. Rejoice why? Rejoice because of His presence in our lives. And and, and that's it. That's the reason, because that's never going to change. It's a joy, is a reaction to the presence of the Lord in us. It's a one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's not a reaction to nice weather. It's not a reaction to uh, hitting the lottery. It's not a reaction to good food. Joy is a reaction to God's presence in our lives. And as such, we're able to rejoice no matter what is going on externally. It's why St. Paul was able to rejoice even when he was chained to a Roman guard under house arrest and captivity because he had that presence of Jesus in his life. And you know what? That's an important thing for us to understand. Because whether or not you can accept it, and it's a very, it's it's a it's a tough sell on my part to try to explain this, and to to a world which is used to not being able to rejoice when things are not going well, it's it's because it's a very hard concept to embrace, and it's one that you almost have to rise above your feelings to accept. You know, you won't always feel that joy, but if you're able to get to the point where you say, yes, the Lord is present in my life. Nothing can take my joy away because he's there. You're going to be at, in a position to experience great peace. And in fact, that's really the only way we're ever going to be able to experience constant peace in our lives is to be able to rejoice no matter what is going on, you know, not just based on favorable situations that are taking place in our lives. So it's important stuff. So we got lots of good stuff to talk about. Man, what a great weekend I had. Uh, as I as I mentioned last week, I headed out to Wisconsin to speak at uh, St. Patrick's Parish in Whitewater, Wisconsin. I gave two talks on Saturday, and uh, it, the the talks were about the the fruits of the Holy Spirit. What a, what a great experience for me! And the flights were smooth. The food was good. I mean, everything about the trip was wonderful. I'm so grateful that the Lord allowed me to to 
participate in this uh, in this weekend. And hey, if you are a listener, if you're a listener from St. Patrick's Parish in, in Whitewater, Wisconsin, I just want to let you know how much I loved spending time with you. Why don't we pray, and then we'll maybe talk a little bit about it, a little bit more about it, and we'll look at some of these readings and uh, talk about joy. Let's uh, let's pray now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for being present for us right now. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for loving us into existence. Thank you for sustaining our lives. Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, into the world. Thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending us the Blessed, Ma- the Blessed Mother. Father, we recognize that you hear us, you can see us, you are all-powerful. We recognize that you are in control over every aspect of our lives. And we realize that since you love us and you are all-powerful, anything that happens is an expression of your love, even if we don't understand it. Father, we lift up all of our needs. We ask you to help us with the things that are causing us to to worry today. We ask you to fill us with the greater joy because of your presence. We ask you, Father, to make us more aware of the fact that you are with us at all times. And Father, I ask you to give me the words for this program today. Give me the word so that I can share your message. And Father, please open all of our minds and all of our hearts to be receptive to your message. And We ask these things, Father, in the name of Jesus, your Son. And on this special memorial in the, uh, in the church, we ask them through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, got to take a sip of water. Feeling a little parched today, and I—it's uh, kind of one of those days. It's a little windy, so I feel some pollen in my throat. So I want to make sure I'm able to speak for the for the duration of the show. But I missed you. I missed doing the show on Friday, but I knew it was something that I I had to um, to skip since I was traveling. But boy, the, you know, considering this was the first trip that I have taken, first time I've been in an airport since I guess March of 2020 before everything just fell apart considering that it all went relatively smoothly i mean very smoothly i should say very smoothly everything went well it was great to be able to to speak again to get out there into the the parishes and um I'm just so blessed to be able to do what I do and it made me realize just how much I miss interacting with uh, people at parishes and what a blessing for the close to 10 years now to be able to travel to be able to travel the country sharing the gospel and meeting all kinds of great people you know yesterday was Pentecost Sunday and um, I talked about it on my weekly show but this is a big day you know it, it's a big day not only was it the birth of the church but it was the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church and then really to each of us individual members of the church through our baptism and confirmation, we get that full power of the Holy Spirit. And it's it's easy to lose sight of, of the power of the Spirit because I think that the Holy Spirit gets 
very much shortchanged and downplayed. He's like that voice who whispers in your ear when you don't know what to do. And we, we almost think that the Holy Spirit is only good for giving us answers on tests or something. But the Holy Spirit can produce in us the fruits of love and joy and peace, and patience and kindness and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, self-control. I mean, these are powerful fruits, not to mention some of the more extraordinary gifts brought about by the power of the Holy Spirit, such as praying in tongues and uh, and healing and prophecy. And, and um, there's a certain gift of faith that's uh, not the traditional gift of faith that we talked about, but that enables one to step out using extraordinary faith in, in times of, you know, when it's, it really seems crazy to do so. So so the Holy Spirit can give us many, many great things or can produce great power in our lives. We can't just, you know, uh, reduce the power of the Holy Spirit to like a whispering, wimpy whispering it's it's much stronger than that. So let's be grateful we have the Holy Spirit in us. I, I'm going to talk a lot more about it as as the year progresses. I don't I don't stop talking about the Holy Spirit after Pentecost is done because the Holy Spirit means everything to us as Christians. It's the only way that we are able to really follow Christ. You know, Paul said that nobody could say Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, we can say those words. I can say Jesus is Lord. But I can't really mean them. I can't literally accept Jesus Christ as my Lord, meaning that he is my complete boss. He's the complete boss. He's the master. I'm his servant. I can't do that and follow Christ because sometimes he asks me to do difficult things. I can't do that except by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we, we owe a a great debt of gratitude to the Holy Spirit. We really do. And um, again, I'll talk more about it, but it's, it's a great practice every day to pray the prayer, come Holy Spirit, and really mean it. And especially before any decisions that you have to make, I always invoke uh, the, the Holy Spirit's power when I, when I begin this show or do any of my programs or do my writing. So come Holy Spirit. Yes, it's a, it's a great prayer. We're so blessed to have the very Spirit of Jesus dwelling in us. And and, uh, and um, animating us. You know, that spirit's working in us. Really good stuff. Let's see what else is going on. Oh, I just want to send you to my website, followingthetruth.com, for more information about my work in case you are a new listener. You can purchase all of my books at the website. You can sign up for my daily email reflection, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. That's free of charge. And uh, you can also invite me to speak at your parish or your conference. So that's followingthetruth.com. That's the place to go, okay? And uh, that that's about it for now. Let's look at these readings. So I'm going to read the gospel from today's Daily Mass. It's a good one. And this is this, this particular passage that we're going to read. And again, this is the gospel for the memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church. And We'll talk more about it. About it, the the positioning is very, very appropriate. Since yesterday, Pentecost Sunday, we celebrated the birth of the church, and now we're going to focus on Mary, the mother of the church. And this comes from John's Gospel, chapter nineteen, verses twenty-five through thirty-four. 
This is the gospel that was specifically chosen for this memorial. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, aware that everything was now finished in order that the scripture might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. There was a vessel filled with, a common, with common wine. So they put a sponge soaked in wine on a sprig of hyssop and put it up to his mouth. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he handed over the spirit. Now, since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was a solemn one, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs be broken and they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and then of the other one who was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side and immediately blood and water flowed out. Now, the con- I mean, it's just what an incredible event in the history of the church, in the life of Jesus, and something that really should should touch us. At the end of that passage, we see blood and water flowing out from the side of Jesus. Jesus, that's commonly thought to be the the birth of the church, the blood and water that flows from the church, the grace that flows from the church coming out of Jesus uh, it, on the cross. So on the cross, that's that's you know, depending on who you listen to. That is the really the 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 power. Some will say that that's the the birth of the church that day. Others will say it technically happened on on Pentecost Sunday. I, I think it's a really both. It's it's really both of these events, or you take them all as one. The the grace coming from the side of Jesus was in a in a more formal way uh, instituted in the church on Pentecost Sunday. I mean, I think that's probably the best way to look at this. But what I want to point out today, since this is a Marian feast day, it's a feast day for the Blessed Mother, was the idea that Jesus, while he was dying, turns to Mary and says, Woman, behold your son. Much is, much can be said about his choice of the word woman. It, it goes back, it makes you think to the original woman who was Eve. And in fact, that reading from Genesis was featured as the first reading today. And essentially, what Eve did was disobeyed God. What the new Eve, or the new woman, Mary, and you know, that's one of the important reasons why Jesus would use the word woman when speaking to his mother. What she did was she corrected or reversed the, dis- the disobedience committed by the first woman through her obedience. Mary's obedience, Mary's yes, fixed the no of Eve. And that's why sometimes Mary is called the new Eve. And then after he said to Mary, behold your son, he said to the disciple, behold your mother. Now, 
one of the interesting things is this disciple, this beloved disciple, is never mentioned in the Gospel of John, and it's commonly thought to be John. But the fact that the disciple isn't named other than to be referred to as the beloved disciple, the, the church has always asserted that this is us, it's you and me. So essentially what Jesus is doing is giving us a spiritual mother. He's giving us a new mother, a, a mother who is going to help us to get to, to heaven. Certainly, Mary is the mother of the church because the church is the body of Christ. But individually, as members of the church, therefore she is our mother as well. Sometimes it gets a little convoluted or complicated, but it, but it really isn't, we don't need to overcomplicate it. I think we can make it complicated, don't you? But really, Mary is our mother. She's our spiritual mother. She does what mothers do. She watches over us, and she draws us closer to Jesus. And I, I think it's important, I made this point, I make this point frequently, for me to point out as Catholics, we don't worship Mary. Do some individual Catholics uh, could they be confused and maybe do treat Mary as if she was divine? If is it, Yeah, probably, I'm sure. But officially, anybody who does that is wrong. And in fact, you know, um, it's often said that sometimes Catholics are accused of giving too much attention to Mary. And St. Louis de Montfort, who was a great Catholic saint, somebody who loved the Blessed Mother, has written that, any Marian devotion, any devotion to Mary, that doesn't lead to Jesus is should be considered as coming from the devil. I mean, that's pretty strong language. So anytime we talk about Mary, it should lead us to Jesus. And I think that's so important to remember. Anytime you mention Mary, you should also think or mention Jesus. Think of or mention Jesus, because... Her role is not to take the glory away from Jesus. Her role is to lead us to Jesus. And and similar to the Holy Spirit, Mary's in the background. Mary doesn't call attention to herself. She only spoke on four occasions as recorded in Scripture. So, So Mary doesn't want to take our attention away from Jesus. And again, really what she wants to do is lead us to Jesus. But Mary is important. And and it's unfortunate that that even though some incredible things about Mary are recorded in Scripture, she often gets pushed to the side and downplayed. Mary is important. Not more important than Jesus, but through Mary, we can get closer to Jesus. So if you have not, this gospel tells us that on that day, John, or the beloved disciple, took Mary into his home. If, if you take that that beloved disciple thing and really apply it to you, as it should be applied to you and to me, the question becomes, have you and I accepted Mary as our spiritual mother? If not, today would be a great day to do that. And we could say to Jesus, Jesus, thank you for giving me your mother from the cross. I mean, you gotta you got to remember, this was a difficult thing for Jesus to do while he was suffering and dying on the cross on the cross and and you really can't or you shouldn't downplay how important this was for him to do this while he was on the cross so it'd be a good day today to say Jesus thank you for the gift 
of a spiritual mother, as a mother of the church, as a mother of me. Blessed Mother, please pray for me. Please help me to draw closer to your son Jesus and help me to get to heaven. And she is just an outstanding advocate. She is somebody who will fight for you. She is somebody who will inspire you. She is somebody who will do whatever she can to draw you closer to Jesus. You don't have to fully understand the mechanics of how it works. I don't get how it works. Sometimes I don't understand how prayer works. I mean, I never understand how prayer works. I don't understand how the intercession of the saints work. But but I don't understand how my car works either, and I drive it every day. I turn turn the key, and the engine goes on. You know, we, we're not going to be able to figure it all out, and we're not supposed to be able to figure it out. We're just supposed to know that by faith that it works, and Mary can. The church tells us Mary can be a great intercessor for us. So let's 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 let her work in, in our lives. You know, you I, the way I look at it, you don't want to get to your judgment day. And, and mess up in some way. And, and, and the Lord's standing there at the gates of heaven saying, hey, listen, you, 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 didn't, you didn't do a great job. You didn't really follow my commands as, as, as good of you, as you could have. You don't want to get to that point and have him say, and also, why didn't you ask my mother for help? You know, I'd rather mess up, and we're, we're all going to mess up. None of us are perfect. And have at least tried everything I can to, to do what the Lord wants me to do. And if the church tells me that Mary can help me, I'd be really kind of foolish not to take advantage of that. So that's that's my theory, that ask her for help. you know, And thank Jesus for the gift. Um, I also said today I wanted to talk about joy, rejoicing. And this was something I wrote in my in my daily email reflection today. And it, this is really triggered because of somebody that uh, on social media today put one of those negative, those depressing Monday comments. And I thought, no, that's not, that's not good. That's not good for us to do. Monday is a new beginning. Every day is a new beginning. And once we start getting into that, hey, it's Monday thing or, or you know, thank God it's Friday. It, every day is a new beginning. And I know I sound hokey, but it's legitimate. It's true. And, it, and it's scriptural. And I, I think that even though, look, I've, I've complained a lot about things over the years. I really have. And I think the Holy Spirit's working on me and softening me up a little bit. So hope you'll excuse me. I hope this doesn't sound too preachy, but I, I feel I need to share this with you because I want to inspire you. I want to pick you up and, and I want to help you feel positive about Monday, about, about every day. And I based what I had to say on something that I reflected on in my book, Stop Worrying and Start Living. This is a book that I wrote for Dynamic Catholic, and it came out a few years ago. But the reflection that I chose for this was Psalm 100, verse 1. Psalm 101. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the lands. And I I went on to, let me just read to you what I wrote in Stop Worrying and Start Living. How joyful are you today? No matter how bleak your life looks or what problems you are facing, God has given you another day. And he has big plans for you. He loves you unconditionally. Nothing you do will ever change that. So in other words, you can't mess up and change his love for you. Unconditional. No matter what, he loves you. 
Everything that will happen to you today is sent by God as an expression of His love and designed to help you get to heaven. Finally, you have been created by God because He wants to share His joy with you. And I make I ask the question in the book, feeling better? Honestly, that's really what you and I need to think about every day. God is all-powerful. God is all-loving. God is with us. So therefore, anything that happens because he's all-powerful, he's allowing to happen. He doesn't always will it, such as somebody committing evil or doing something bad to you. He doesn't will that, but he allows it to happen. Because remember, he's all-powerful. If he absolutely wanted to stop this person from doing something, committing some offense against you, he could strike that person dead. Or he could prevent it from happening in some way because he is all-powerful. But he allows it to happen. Why? Because somehow he can bring good out of it. So therefore, no matter how gloomy it is, no matter how much bad news you're getting today, no matter how yucky you feel, you can still choose to rejoice, which is what Paul did when he was in captivity. And, and I would recommend that you do that. Choose to rejoice. You don't have to feel it. But say, thank you, God, for giving me this new day. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for providing for all of my needs from the time I was first conceived up until the present time. Again, you don't have to feel it. But the more you do this, and I know this from experience because I'm going through this in my own life, the more grateful I am. And gratitude, it's not a feeling, it's an act of the will. It's a conscious decision. The more grateful I am, the better I will feel, the more optimistic my outlook will be. It just happens that way. So I really recommend you do that, that you rejoice because mainly of the presence of God in your life and the fact that he's all-powerful and all-loving and that he created you to live with him forever in heaven. And this is all really good stuff. This is unchanging. All these things are unchanging. God's power, God's love, your heavenly home, all unchanging. It's not affected by the stock market or the COVID numbers or anything else in the world. The whole world could fall apart and those principles will not change. And therefore you can rejoice because of the unchanging nature of God. I encourage you to do that. Start your day by doing that. I I do that. Let me tell you, in the beginning especially, I did not feel it at all. But the more I did it, the more I began to feel it. It's a process. And if you invite the Holy Spirit to work in you, the Holy Spirit can help you to really feel and believe this, that God, he loves you, he's all powerful, and he is in control. Okay, so rejoice. It's Monday. Hallelujah. The Lord has given us a new day and a new week. All right, I'm going to run now. If you need anything, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. I hope to be back with you tomorrow on the program and remember I'm praying for you and I would ask you to please pray for me too I'd really appreciate that and uh, and I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to joining you tomorrow once again on Following the Truth bye bye